0: I'm running 10 kilometres on May the 22nd, 2022, in order to raise money for medical aid for Ukraine. 10 kilometres is quite a lot for me. So, if you are listening to this when it gets released, please go to my GoFundMe page, Toby's Wheezing and Groaning for 10k for Ukraine. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because that's a bit of a mouthful. And any small amount would be really, really appreciated. It's Happy Times and Places, a Doctor Who podcast where moaning is verboten. We are simply accentuating the positive of a chosen story. And I, Toby Haydok, have to guess what my guests' favourite things about their chosen story are.
1: Hi, Toby. Uh, This is Lawrence Clark. I'm a stand-up comedian writer, screenwriter, and playwright. And the story that I picked for your podcast is Terminus. Um, So why pick Terminus? Well, whenever you listen to people talk about the story, who worked on it, they always mention that really... Um, frantic studio recording and the fact they we're run we're out of time and I think that's partly because of me because on the first day of recording Monday the 11th of October 1982 I as an eight-year-old kid went to watch Doctor Who being recorded, which as you can appreciate at the time was the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. Um, it came about because Peter Davison was recording a sitcom called Sink or Swim in Whitley Bay in the North East. Which is where I grew up. And my mum tried everything to get him to come to our house. Uh, she rang him will fix it. Probably a lucky escape. Uh, although I did, as you know, end up with that some years later. Um, but he eventually did come, he came, pulled up to our house in his Audi and spent a couple of hours talking to me and invited me to come and watch a recording. And... went away and we thought, oh, that's never going to happen. And then the production office wrote to us and invited me um, to watch the first new recording on Terminus. And when it was recording, I was up in the viewing gallery uh, in the little room next door to where the producer and the vision mixer and the director sat. And in between takes, Peter Aberson would run up and see if I was okay and talk to me, which probably didn't help the production schedule. Um, but I have vivid memories of watching those first few scenes. Um, the see where stripped and holds the cube, talking to the Black Guardian. And the cube was hot and kept burning his hands. I remember he kept dropping it and there's a scene with Tegan and the Doctor, a very short scene where they're running up a corridor, um, and that was recorded over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> that's why I picked Terminus. Um, years later, what what when I was on the BBC, Course, Um, I was at one of those drinks receptions that they always have, and I got talking to Janet Fielding um, and (laughs) managed a whole conversation, um, not talking about Doctor Who until right at the end when I said, Thank you, Tegan and she then went ballistic and started shouting geek at me in front of the whole room which probably didn't help my acting career. Um, So uh, let's go on then with my favourite positive and possible things for Terminus.
0: Oh, well, what a lovely introduction from my friend, uh, Lawrence Clark, a fine, uh, up comic. So, uh, I would, uh, uh, urge you to go and check out his work if you've not come across him, uh, before. And yes, he is one of us. So, uh, I'm very glad, uh, that he's taking part in this. And I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm very jealous of Lawrence. He said, uh, Visiting the set of Doctor Who was uh, up to that point the most exciting part of his life. I think if I'd visited the set of Doctor Who as a kid, it would still be the most exciting uh, thing of my life. And, and, and he's tempered that by choosing Terminus, uh, which is a story not a lot of people eulogise. And the very raison d'être of this podcast is to accentuate the positive which I'm now going to try to do with part one of Terminus, which I, I, I'm i not going to say is going to come particularly easy for me for reasons that I will explain. And I am not a Terminus knocker, um, but let's get into it. Uh, I'm on episode selection on the DVD. And so I'm going to press select, you press play or whatever it is you want to do in three, two, one. And we're gonna enter part one of Terminus now. This is an episode I haven't seen an awful lot. Uh, Terminus was very one of the very last videos uh, I got bootleg stories I got um, because I missed all of this season apart from Arc of Infinity because I was away at school. I was sent away to boarding school not because we had money, in fact the opposite. Uh, my dad had gone when I was four, and he was a he was a, a medical man, and so a charity for. Bereaved doctors' families, we weren't actually bereaved, but they bent the rules. We were abandoned. Uh, offered to send the youngest of mum's kids away to a, a local boarding school, but nonetheless one that I had to stay at apart from Saturday nights. Uh, and which meant the unthinkable happened. I missed Doctor Who, and it, nobody I knew had a video recorder, so I, I missed this season. My friend Ollie had to had to come in and explain to me. He largely told me the cliffhangers and the comings and goings of Companions and who died, basically. Um, But Half Term coincided with Part 3 of Terminus. So that was the one that I sort of had a bit of experience of. So then when it came to collecting stuff and finding out about the stories, it was bottom of my list because at least I'd have a flavour of it, whereas I'd not seen, you know, Snake Dance or Mordrin or Enlightenment or King's Demons. Uh, And then when I did get this... Why are you not talking about what's going on on screen, Toby? Because it's Turlo being furtive in a corridor, which he is for ages in this story, um, and arguing with Tegan, which he does for ages in this story. I love Mark Strickson, by the way. That's definitely going to be a positive. Um, and the idea of the companion trying to murder the Doctor, I think, is a great... A uh, twist on you know what, what 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 we tend to have of a companion figure, and I think is one of one of the the good ideas of the show. Uh, Peter Davison sometimes I know has knocked it in interviews said, oh well you know it meant he had to keep him apart, but that's okay. Com- the Doctor and companions split up quite a lot. Anyway, I don't think it's the fact that Turlo wants to murder the Doctor that means Turlo and Teagan are stuck in. Air ducts for the majority of this story. I think it's just there's not quite enough story to go around, but we will see. But even when I got this on video, it was in the days where um, you had an E180 videotape, which annoyingly fits apart from season 18 and the Mind Robber because um, they have short episodes, it, it fits a, a, a traditional um, seven episodes of doctor who so you couldn't quite get two four parties on so thank goodness for the mccoy era when that came along although um season 24 is annoying because the two four parties came first so you had to have something out of order um however um for, for for a reason lost in the mists of time now i think i had mordrin undead and terminus two to four on a on a on an E180, one had got lost in the Malay, and I, I assume it's from whoever I'd I'd got it from, because I was dependent on, uh, you know, drive-by Doctor Who drop-offs. There was a very furtive, uh, f- furtive exchange thing going on. and I wasn't part of fandom, so um, I, initially, oh, I was, but I, by this point, I'd got friends in Wolverhampton who were fans. Anyway, uh, so I don't know this episode very well. Fast forward to Doctor Who coming back. Uh, and the week before the broadcast of Rose I was killing time uh, and I thought well there's a few Doctor Who's and I'd, I'd seen Classic Who over and over and over again uh, and, I, and I thought well what are the st- you know this is this is the last time I'm going to watch Classic Who for ages because there's new stuff to have which is great and I'll eventually you know um, be in the mood to watch you know I, I felt like I'd, I'd, I'd sort of done it all pretty much I knew it all like the back of my hand so it was Great because I knew that I could have a bit of time off watching the new series, and then hopefully my my intrigue about uh, the classic series would would come back. But there were there were stories I knew less well, and this was one of them. So this was the story I chose to watch to kill time before Rose was broadcast. Was it the night before? It was certainly in the week of Rose. It wasn't on the day, because on the day I watched The Armageddon Factor and I got halfway through part two. Uh, And then my friend John came round and we watched Enemy of the World 3 and The Space Pirates 2 because he'd not seen the orphaned episodes. Um, And that was all that existed of Enemy of the World at the time. Um, But, um, and again, I'm I'm not massively referring to what's going on on screen because I've sort of have thought about this because I, I consider this quite a tricky uh, a, a tricky installment to cover because it's it's quite a lengthy opening I mean I think these days you just have it with a couple of furtive looks uh, uh, to, 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 to show the, the character relationships between you know Tegan not trusting Turlo, Turlo being up to no good I mean seeing as the TARDIS is infinite it seems a bit mean to give him Adric's room uh, also we've spent more time with Turlo being furtive in the TARDIS and uh, Tegan being a bit sulky about it than we did getting over Adric's death. I mean, it's it's interesting how the, the show often doesn't spend time on, you know, the regulars doing their thing in the TARDIS, and rightly so. I think you you want to be in in the setting of the new adventure. You uh, uh, and, and I think Andrew Cartmell was right when he you know really uh, when he came in later and and minimized the TARDIS scenes because my, my overriding image of a lot of these episodes is quite a lot of wandering around the Tard- TARDIS corridors and then landing on a spaceship and wandering around the corridors of that. But the Black Guardian uh, being in Doctor Who was a really uh, exciting idea for younger me because I'd not seen the Guardians and I couldn't quite imagine them. And I, I thought I'd seen a clip at the end of Legopolis, but it was very unclear because it was the it was the, in the negative you know is that bit from the armageddon factor so i still couldn't quite make out there was something rather sort of ephemeral and, uh, and difficult to picture about the guardians until um, i saw a picture in doctor who magazine uh, when valentine dial died of uh, of the guardian with a, of the black guardian with a, the crow and he said and i actually as a young person thought the idea of the black guardian having a black bird on on his head and the white guardian having a white one on his head were were rather nifty ideas now i i i am not so sure and yet being being somebody of the target age i liked the symbolism of that i thought that was that that was sort of apt and it 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 set them up as these kind of you know he's not going to be able he's not going to hang around a youth club or a bar or uh a, a, you know wander around wh smiths with a dead rook on his head dead crow on his head but uh, can he be a, an arch manipulator of the dark forces of the universe and look like that why not is that could be a manifestation of of what they look like to us because because that's all that our you know our, 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 our ocular nerve can can kind of man- manifest for such, you know, huge beings of hugeness. They're the, they're the Black Guardian, the White Guardian. They're about as big as it gets. Um, uh, and, and obviously that the reality is it's, it's uh, you know, they're represented by two ancient character actors sitting down and yelling, <laughs> yelling. Well, in one case yelling and not in the other case being quite plaintive. But but I, uh, I certainly like the idea of uh, grappling with forces that huge. Uh, valentine dial has a marvelous marvelous voice so i'll i'll give it that but i i i have to say when i when i watched this episode and that's the last time i watched this episode gosh was the was the lead into rose uh that, that that week leading into rose so that's what 15 years ago um I texted my friend Johnny Candon and said, I'm watching part one of Terminus. I think it's the worst episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Um, because I, I I, don't know. It seemed to me to encapsulate. And I, I, I really like the Davidson era. I really like Peter Davison. I really like uh, Mark Strickson. At the time, I was absolutely in love with Nyssa. I. Uh, uh, I'll not say I'm not now, but I—I I was really in love with her then. She was—she was definitely my favourite companion. Uh, and I think—and I think Janet Fielding is—is is brilliant as—as as Tegan. But often the material they get wandering around the TARDIS is pretty thin, and in this case takes quite a long time. I like that design of the—of the—the uh, skull. I think that's a—that's a great image, and that's very intriguing. Uh, and I—I I don't really know what's going on. But uh, but I I this 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 you know that the episode seems to be picking up and adding some strange sort of jeopardy, um, and 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 I have to sort of leap back in time a little bit and go I've always I've always defended this story against its sort of bad reputation because I really like Stephen Gallagher um, who I think you know he's a proper sci-fi writer and I think um, y- you know very happily. And, and skillfully put proper sci-fi ideas into doc 2 which often is is not hugely sci-fi it's got you know it's an adventure story where uh, sometimes where you know the 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 uh the the, the 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 you know the the british and the nazis or the cowboys and the indians or you know the baleful forces and the heroes you know just happen to have silver hats and green skin you know it, but 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 uh, and actually, some of the more sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi Doctor Who turns me off a little bit because I'm not, uh, I'm not particularly scientific. It wasn't, it wasn't a subject I was great at at school, and I so I, I'll sometimes sort of nod along when Doctor Who wrestles with scientific concepts you know when christopher bidmead comes in and goes i'm being very very clever and i'm like yeah can somebody invade earth though rather than talk about maths uh and that's certainly how i felt as a kid you know i wanted auto i wanted autons making plastic things kill people not uh not wandering around inside the tardis in a loop and i, I love season 18 now but I, I you know as i say as a as a kid i i, I the, the doctor who i wanted involved a bit less wandering <laughs> wandering around corridors. this black Black Guardian Trilogy is quite interesting because it's sort of set on three different spaceships, Mordrin, Terminus, and Enlightenment, uh, with people walking up and down various corridors, sometimes arguing. Um, uh, 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 and the corridors, to be fair, are different. They're quite art deco, aren't they, in uh, uh, in uh, Mordrin Undead. Uh, these corridors are sort of grey and sad. Um, uh, uh <laughs> and the ones in... Uh, enlightenment are opulent and strange um, and you know a sort of um, accurate rendition but with added you know strange atmosphere of, 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 of um, earth history um, but there's still a lot of that, 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 that they, there is still a lot of action that pretty much is people not running through corridors but but, but, but walking up and down them um, I do like Mark Strickson is so good at being shifty, and that that uh, that crystal effect is 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 simple but nifty. Um, it, you you don't you don't have a voice like that without smoking a pipe. Uh, I don't think he did smoke a pipe, uh, Valentine Dial. Uh, he was the man in black on the radio and the Black Guardian. If you want to see him being good, he's very nice. Good as in decent, you know, k- kindly. He's he's excellent as Doctor Kelderman's in Secret Army, uh, an underrated series uh, that is on BritBox, which I don't have because I've got most of what's on BritBox on DVD. Um, I I don't quite. I'm trying to remember the details of this. I don't quite know why the door keeps disappearing and changing its design but um maybe that will become apparent i have to say there are quite a few things in stories and i watch these stories over and over as i say i could only watch episodes two to four of this over and over uh, and because i got it quite late when i got it i watched it a, a, a lot and, and i used to sort of think oh if only i had episode one i'd i'd be able to fit some of the, the pieces i'm missing together and then i finally watched episode one and went actually episode one doesn't really tell us, tell us anything that, that, that's useful to the subsequent three episodes, uh, it's just the stuff I don't understand, I just, I don't really understand, um, and I remember my friend coming, I was, I was worried Nissa was gonna leave, I had a feeling, I didn't have the magazines or anything, so I, I had no, uh, insight, but, uh, I, I I was I was I was counting down the days especially when Turlo came go well if they get a new companion they might get rid of an old one and I I had a feeling that Nissa would go and I was very sad about that because uh, she was definitely my favorite when I was when I was born in in uh, 74 so I'd have been uh, uh, god younger than I thought so, so when she joined yeah, God, I'd have said I would have been ten or ten or eleven, but I wasn't. I was much younger. Um, the doctor comes into this episode quite late, doesn't he? Presumably because he's spent spent the early part of the day talking to Lawrence. Um, I, I'm thrilled that Lawrence got to visit the set of Doctor Who. Um, good, good for him. Uh, and I and I think that would make. I mean, I, this was a story that had a slight you know i had a slight special bond with because i'd actually seen an episode of it from from that season that's tragic isn't it that was the one thing uh, and it was also because doc two had been on a saturday which was the one day i went went home uh, and, and pretty much when i started having to sleep over it at, uh, at a school uh, the bbc moved it to the middle of the week um it's almost like uh, uh that it's all about me and not only about me, but against me as well. That was my world view, which sometimes still is, and it's one I've got to be careful of. Yeah, yeah, yeah the universe centres around me and is, is 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 there to spite me. That's quite a nice, slightly aerial shot from director Mary Ridge on her only Doctor Who. Um she did some Blake Seven she did the Blake Seven Terminal, didn't she? So she did Terminal, Terminus. Um that's a thing you don't get in or, or, or that I th- I think about as a sort of Doctor Who thing that actually isn't a Doctor Who thing as much is a sort of not not great android that sort of hangs around just to be there for be there for a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, although you know the the android the robotic colony in space has a has a plot purpose as does the one in uh, santaran Experiment, but they're a small and not very illustrious bunch. The sort of the, the silent um, service robots that, that provide a bit of jeopardy, but um, because probably would have taken quite a lot of effort to make. I like the pirates. Um, you don't see them again, really. Uh, space, space helmets. I think they're rather fun. Um, I never think white quite works. Um, these costumes are nice, actually. And I love the hair. I love Lisa Goddard's hair in this. Uh, I think she looks really funky. Uh, and Lisa Goddard is really interesting casting because she was, I mean, she was a well-known television face. Um, often, I mean, we saw, you know, she was sort of posh and funny. So seeing her being a bit sort of tough in space piratey, which she does well, is, is uh, you know, another of those examples of John Nathan-Turner, yeah, doing a bit of star casting, but going, but, uh, you know, I'm going to give them something that they'll have fun doing something slightly different. Uh, nobody really talks about Lisa Goddard in this. Married to Colin Baker at one point, um, uh, but I think she's rather good, and I like Dominic Guard's ponytail. Um, Dominic Guard has had uh, well, he's a he's a child psychologist now, isn't he? But he had a a, a a good career as an actor. He's got very boyish looks, so he played often sort of shifty youths. His brother, of course, Christopher Gard, is bellboy in. Uh, greatest show in the galaxy they are they are quite a showbiz bunch because philip guard their dad uh, is the person who sampled at the end of uh, i am i am the walrus uh, the beatles song or something they taped a bit of um shakespeare off the telly does he is he doing edgick of, from king lear uh and it's philip guard uh, who was also philip guard was in robin hood with patrick troughton and the, that surviving clip of robin hood that we have that's on the *Power of the Daleks* DVD has Philip Guard in it, and Philip Guard has seen it. I hope because I sent it to Christopher. Um, uh, uh, so reunited with his past, um, but Dominic Guard is married to Sharon Juice, who is Control in *Ghostlight*, and Christopher Guard was married to Leslie Dunlop, who is Norna in Frontios and Susan Q in the Happiness Patrol. They're not married anymore. He's now married to Duffy from Casualty. So it's uh if only she'd been in Doc Two, they could we could have had a sort of extended family thing going on. But um uh, But I'm I, I have to admit to being slightly perplexed by Dominic Guard in this because He's, he's a good actor. He looks right. He's in The Go-Between, the Joseph Losey film. Plays the young uh, Michael Redgrave and got plaudits for that. Uh, and he's in a film that I remember from my youth called Absolution with Richard Burton and Billy Connolly and an illustrious supporting cast and Di Bradley from Kez. Uh, and he's really good in that. Um, and I don't quite understand why, despite his best efforts... I, 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 I seem to recall struggling with him. Because I, I think the episode ending of episode one is brilliant on paper and would be my automatic choice uh, for, for for being the thing I like most about the episode. But I seem to recall... I mean, it was 15 years ago, last time I watched it, Go, now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's... all. And you go, what are you doing? Why are you doing it like that? C- come on, give it a bit. It's, it's one of those weird bits of acting that sort of over the OTT and flat at the same time which which is a skill but it's I, I'm not sure it's one that anybody should have um and as I say it, it it's, it's intriguing isn't it how good actors can sometimes for some reason the elemental forces uh work against them and it's a shame because I think he looks he looks good I was dissing white costumes before I actually quite like these white costumes but I I, I'm, I usually take a step back from them. I' am not a great fan of the ones in Ark in Space or the or the, the 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 ones that the scientists have in Genesis of the Daleks. I don't know why I don't respond. I think I prefer Dark and Rusty to Clinical and Clinical and White. Although this is quite a Dark and Rusty story, and um, <laughs> and uh, no, no no nobody loves it. Ah, now I like that. Now you see that's a simple trick, isn't it? Uh. You know, bandaged, bloody hands, slightly gnarled, with a bit of mucky makeup on, uh, and it's just the human hand, but wrapping itself around uh, your companion uh, is is a is a startling, alarming image in the silence. And it's just you know, it's just a few extras with with a few rags on, but I think that's really effective. That's nice jeopardy. Um, he's got such, He's got. A, lovely shifty quality mark strickson i think he's brilliant as turlow um do like that skull i I don't know what that why that door does that am i being thick i don't know (laughs) um and i love i really like stephen gallagher i love warrior's gate um uh so as i say i've always sort of because because people used to slag off terminus something rotten i go no no it's doing something interesting I, i i do sort of admire doctor who when it when it goes, we're going to do something that isn't an invasion. We're going to do something that, that plays with a few ideas. And, and you know, they've cre- it's created its own setup with the veneer and what it is that they're up to. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a, a story about um, a, a company being too lazy to cure ill people, which is, a you know, I think a, 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 a really interesting setup for a Doctor Who story that then somehow ends up being about the Big Bang as well. Yeah. Um, now, I think Martin Mungcaster here is credited as Tannoy Voice. And I know that Tannoy complained because they, they are the company. A Tannoy is a bit like Hoover. Um, a, a, vacuum, a Hoover is a vacuum cleaner. Hoover is the make. Uh, a speaker is a speaker. A Tannoy is a kind of speaker or communication. Um, if I was Tannoy, I'd have just gone, thanks very much for advertising our product and suggesting that Tannoy still exists Far into the future. I suppose they, they could be saying, yeah, but you're also saying we would uh, allow ourselves to be used on a plague ship uh, where people aren't looked after properly. I think you're looking too far into it, Tannoy. I don't think they look that far into it. I think, oh, yeah, odd odd to complain rather than go, yeah, cheers. Um, but you can tell that that's just some git in an office, can you, who's in charge of... G- be who's, who's in charge of being petty you know uh, uh, petty department did you see Doc Two last night yes i but no i didn't what is it uh oh well they they mentioned us oh did they sounds like a job for me i shall write a letter of complaint forthwith you meet those sorts of people who you know, I've, I've quite often done, as a freelancer when you meet people who work for companies whose sole job is just to be a bit obstructive and a bit of an arse and you go this is why i'm a freelancer so i never have to meet people like you you still do of course uh, and then you have to remind yourself that they get a regular. Wage and a pension and will probably uh, have a happy retirement while well, you'll still be scrabbling for attention love and indeed money um so it's 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 a momentary victory until reality creeps in look at this film suddenly it gets gorgeous and the entire film allocation is spent in the ventilation shafts what's he doing see he... how is he doing this oh is it yeah how do I feel about that? I, I think that the, the last bit is better than that. And I was talking through it because I'd invented a man from the petty department of office, um, officeville. But I think it's the now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's all about that just seems to me to be slightly un, underpowered and yet too much. Uh, it's, it's it's a, it's a mystery wrapped in an enigma um, presented in a not very good performance. Um, but I, I like the names as well. Olvir is a good name. Um... Uh, and, and he does have to say we're all going to die for quite a long time, doesn't he? Anyway, um, well, I, I mean, I'd sort of girded myself to fill that out a little bit. Apologies, everybody, with a little bit of my backstory um, I, 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 and a few things that were, you know, unique to me about how I encountered Terminus. Um, but I, I, I did feel I wasn't going to have an awful lot to say about certainly the first sort of 10 minutes in, in the TARDIS, um, apart from, you know, the, the the rather curious thing of going, we're in the biggest spaceship in the world. Uh, you know, that friend of ours that we're still sad about, let's chuck all of his stuff in the bin to, to, to fit in this, to, to, to house this shifty character, who's going to have absolutely no um, uh, qualms about just going, yeah, I'm going to get rid of this. Um, and, th- and then the fact that Tegan is just a bit sulky about it. No, you know, uh, it's it's it all sort of pays lip service to, to, to drama that I think you would do so differently these days. You'd you'd have faith in your characters to go, well, Turlo will at least be slightly more aware that, you know, something has happened here and that it's an emotional wrench. And Tegan will be slightly more than tutty about the fact that <laughs> they're gonna, he's basically going to burn any memories they have of poor old Adric um but I'm here to accentuate the positive uh I, I do like the look of the pirates. I love Lisa Goddard's hair I think that's a nice piece of casting i I do like mark Strickson um uh as Turlow um I, I do like the whole setup of the story is that it is is daring to be something a little bit uh different um and you know it's 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 a shame that the previous story or the next story involved lots of wandering around different kinds of spaceship because they seem to be sort of stuck in that sort of rut for the for, for, for this period which is a shame because i think if you you know if you bunged it in the middle of um uh another doctor's era i think you'd go okay this is a bit strange and and, and nicely sort of dark does it does it manage to go beyond depressing to dark you know does it does it go beyond being a gloomy drizzly day into being thunderstorms i'm let's see let's see because we're getting some new characters in the next episode but uh that you know there's still stuff there i'm intrigued by the setup i like the fact that they had to take evasive action and the tardis you know the the, the door with the skull which i really like appeared and this Nys, nissa had to go through it i think that's i think that's on paper terrifying uh, it wasn't quite uh, uh p- pulled off as, as terrifyingly as i suspect it was imagined um i you know i you go, oh, we're on a leper shipper. That's in- interesting. Um, and, you know, how's it going to treat disease? And, and our, and, and we, we, you know, we were t- I was taught in RE about, um, you know, leper colonies. Uh, I remember. Well, let's talk about that uh, in future episodes because I'm sure I'm going to have things to say uh, about that. But what I think is it going to be the skull on the door? I do like that skull on the door materializing thing. And this having to go through the door. And I did like the very simple menace of the hands wrapping themselves around Tegan. Doctor Who doing a really simple thing. Bunch of extras. Hands. Peril. Scary. That's an image. That's an image if you're a kid you take away with you. I'm going to go with a skull door, I think. I'm going to go. I, I, I'm intrigued by that. It's a nice design. Uh, and it And it brings us into the story. And it's something a bit different. And it's ominous. It's ominous. Uh, or do I like the hands? and Door. I don't think he's going to choose either of those things. What has Lawrence chosen about Episode One?
1: So, Part One. I think my favourite thing is Lisa Goodall's space helmet because it looks like it's moulded around the head. Of it's, she's got this hairdo that comes out at the side and if you look at the race helmet it's like it's been vacuum formed around a hairdo um, which is just amazing. I also love the fact that Tegan thinks a crowbar is called a pry bar. Some Australian thing could be, I don't know, I also did think that Mrs. Lisa spent all of her spare time synthesizing an enzyme for fun. Um yeah. The yeah, hours just fly by in the TARDIS. <laughs> um, so
0: <laughs> Yes, they do. I, do I do it is quite quaint, isn't it? The things that they have the companions doing in the TARDIS. Uh oh, I I mean I <laughs> On another day, I would have chosen Lisa Goddard's space helmet, but I'm, I am I, I thought that would have been damning it with faint praise. <laughs> um, but I do seem to recall Nielsen's gun in Warriors of the Deep was one of the things that we chose, wasn't it? Um, uh, okay, I'll accept that. And also, I'm quite excited because Lawrence chose sort of three quite disparate things and didn't really tie them together. And I, I, I reckon if he does that with every episode, I've got... I've, I've, that increases my chances of uh, me, me and me and him having the same thing. Um, so uh, maybe Terminus could be a winner for me. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, look, that that was the difficult first episode because it, it, it the, the plot kicks in a bit here uh, from here on in. We meet some other characters and and I've seen these episodes a bit more. So uh, I, I definitely did pad that out a bit. With some sort of domestic stuff, with just just me, the regular uh, the regular cast member of this podcast, um, uh, taking quite a long time to to fill you in with a little bit of backstory, which which is sort of appropriate, actually considering what happened in the episode. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting what went on 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 screen, um, uh, but I think you know now now the story kicks in. Now we know, don't we? Now we know what it's all about, so hopefully uh, there will be there will be more fun to be had uh, in the subsequent episodes of Terminus. Thank you for joining me and uh, my good friend Lawrence Clark, an excellent comic. Do check him out, um, if only to uh, interrogate him about the day that he visited the set of Terminus. The lucky fella. Um, okay. Well, from a happy time and place of Lawrence's childhood into hopefully a happy time and place for you listening to this, which is now about to come to an end. It's about to terminate. And I've I've done about four different exit lines there and then kept on talking. This is why I hate me. Uh, uh, More even than I struggle with episode one of Terminus, which is now ending. Stop talking. Thank you for listening to Happy Times and Places which is presented by me, Toby Haydok. My special guest is comedian Lawrence Clark, who can be found on Twitter at Lawrence underscore Clark. That needs clarifying though. It's Lawrence, as in Lawrence Scarman, not Dr. Lawrence, and Clark, as in Clark from the Sea Devils, not incidental music composer Malcolm Clark. So Lawrence with a U, Clark without an E. I'm sure that's clear. I'm very grateful to patrons who support this podcast, who include Stephen White, Andrew Wilson, Andrew Willis, Michael Williams, Rich Wiggins, Adam Westwood, Gary Wales, Apollo C. Vermouth, Reynard Toombs, Sabrina Tirabassi, Nick Temple, Nick Tedston, Neil Tate, Keith Say, Matt Sawyer, Jim Sankster, John Rivers, Dylan Reese, Jonathan Potter, Keith Perry, and Melvin Pena. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. So listen, if you think a man yabbering on about Doctor Who is worth paying for, you can, it's a brave new world, apparently it's a thing, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Toby uh, You get early releases, exclusive material and all sorts of other stuff there, including a unique podcast strand. Far too much information which delves really deep and is for patrons only. There have been also interviews with actors and bits of writing and all sorts of other stuff that is just for patrons because I am a sole trading independent artist, uh, uneligible for furlough, so, uh, you know, I fling this stuff out there, but it uh, it is what I do for a living or attempt to. So uh, if uh, you would like to contribute to that, please do. Uh, I know that times are tough, so there's also the Kofi option, ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. should you... Uh Have a passing penny you'd like to chuck but don't want to do the monthly thing, which is totally understandable. Or you can do the thing that is free, because most of all, I'm just overjoyed that anybody listens to this stuff. Uh, But if you could leave a review or a rating, five stars, those are the stars that count at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And a couple of lines of review, that just uh, just tickles my algorithms. And the more appealing my algorithms are, the more algorithm digesters will come and sample a taste of my mm, algorithms which are I'm, I don't like the way I'm saying that you get what I'm saying I think I hope you've probably lost the will to certainly lost your appetite anyway any of those things would be lovely thank you ever so much go on then follow me on twitter at toby Hadoke or these podcasts on at haydoke podcasts and come to my comedy night in Manchester, Excess Malarkey. Comedy night every Tuesday at 8pm at the Breadshed in Manchester. Or you can do the monthly version online at twitch.tv forward slash excess Insert amusing post-credit sequence bonmo here.